Welcome to Medicare Advantage for Health Plans podcast. Insider insights and perspectives to increase profitability and impact the health of the members you serve. This program is sponsored by AdvantaSure, services and technology solutions for government-sponsored health plans. Welcome. This is Episode 4, Strategies for Reducing Gap and Chase Timeframes. I'm excited to welcome Abe Chaya to the show today. Abe is a global IT leader with expertise in quality assurance, DevOps, and product management for healthcare IT. Welcome, Abe. Thank you. Great to be here. Let's start by talking about gap and chase timeframes for risk adjustment. Why does it matter and how does it impact risk adjustment operations? Yeah, for, first and foremost, when we talk gap and chase in the context of risk adjustment operations, it all boils down to identifying and accurately predicting member conditions, whether that is member conditions that the member already has or based on the claims and clinical data, member conditions that would predict what the member could have in terms of their overall health. So when we talk about the gap process, there's really two aspects of it. Um, And this is very foundational to risk adjustment and Medicare Advantage. First, the gap and chase process ensures that health plans are appropriately reimbursed from CMS for taking care of their member population and working with the providers who provide the service to the members appropriately and accurately by ensuring that the members' chronic conditions or potential chronic conditions are accurately identified from the health data available to the health plans. So that's important in the first lens because it allows member premiums to remain both competitive and affordable. If the health plan is able to accurately predict, they can take care of their member demographic and improve the member's health by accurately identifying what type of gaps the member could have. Um, For example, I'm a health plan and I know that Jane Doe has diabetes. I've looked at the claims data and I know they hadn't had an A1C check in six months. Well, that's a big problem. I'm going to send an alert to the provider to say, this is a gap and you need to connect with this member to ensure they get an A1C check. By not having regular checkups on A1C and blood glucose levels, this member is at risk for other downstream illnesses. From CMS's perspective, this shows that the health plan and provider network are taking care of the members appropriately, so CMS will reimburse the health plan for their part of the member care. This allows the health plan to keep their member premiums competitive and affordable and also have access to an array of different provider networks that are mature. When you select a health plan, you're selecting it because of their provider network as well as the cost of care to the member. You want to have the best-in-class providers. You also want to make sure that the health plan knows how to take care of its member populations and also keep their member premiums affordable. Like everything in life, a good balance of both. So that is the first piece of it. Um, The second part is about making sure the members get the care they need from the provider network. There's a component that involves holding the providers accountable for member outreach for both chronic conditions and looking at areas that indicate the potential for developing a chronic condition. All of this ties back to speed and timeliness of member outreach, because if you wait too long, the member could become more ill, or if you don't do anything, the member could go to another health plan because they're not getting the care they need. 
This is why Gap and Chase are so foundational to the success of a health plan's operations in terms of risk adjustment, as well as keeping the member premiums down, which then ultimately leads to greater access to a more robust provider network. Um, the Gap and Chase process is multifaceted with prospective gaps and retrospective gaps. It's all founded on the claims and clinical data that comes in through the health plan operations. Prospective gaps are risk adjustment operations that look at claims data for the current year and interprets the data so that the health plan can make recommendations to the provider as well as their member outreach campaigns. If they're discharge patients, the recommendation might be to make sure they get an in-home follow-up and to track the time in between in-home assessments based on chronic conditions. Prospective gap identification and chase follow-up efforts hinge on obtaining medical records from the claims and clinical data and working with the providers to make sure that the member outreach is solid. This is why it's essential to accelerate the speed and time for gaps to identify them faster and proactively. And we have to adapt tools and technology to get it done. The human eye cannot compete with things like natural language processing and machine learning algorithms. These technology tools and capabilities, coupled with robust software logic, can look at millions of lines of claims data instantly and indicate to providers what the next best action is per member. For example, for this member, follow up with an A1C. For that member, to follow up with an in-home assessment. Another member you know, just might be to do a PCB follow-up. So the quicker you can do that, the faster you can close out the member gap. The quicker the health plan can get reimbursed from CMS, the more efficient the health plan becomes, which leads to CMS star ratings, risk score accuracy, and that leads to controlling member premiums so health plans can be competitive and have access to more robust provider networks. The provider does not have time to dig through medical charts. They're looking for the health plans to follow up and provide the providers with intelligent automated solutions. The other aspect is retrospective gaps. Now, the retrospective gaps are also important because they're dealing with prior year services that are already rendered to ensure that no gaps were missed. This is where predictive analytics comes in for the Gap and Chase program. You want to look at both current year prospective and past year retrospective together to say, what have I missed and what have we missed? And let's provide the provider with a member 360 to recommend a next best action. For example, last year X was missed and this year I would look out for X, Y, and Z because this member is trending towards chronic conditions. This is why Gap and Chase is so foundational to the success of not only improving and caring for member populations within Medicare Advantage, but also controlling member premiums and having access to a more robust provider network. Thanks, Abe. That really sheds light on why timeframes are important. So what unique challenges do you think are going to occur in 2022 in the risk adjustment space? Yeah, great question. A lot of providers are going back to providing the normal care and services that members need because we're getting back to normalcy. In 2020 and last year, 2021, due to COVID, the seniors in the Medicare Advantage population weren't getting normal care and procedures done. So what we're going to see this year in 22 and next year in 23 is an influx of medical claims because people who have postponed their care or were bumped due to COVID are all going to be playing catch up. We're going to see a massive spike in provider visits and procedures that were delayed. 
this is going to result in a lot of clinical and claims data that just simply wasn't available in 2020 and 2021. Well, having more data is good. What do you think this is going to do for health plans and risk adjustment operations? And how do you think health plans will handle this huge influx in data? If they have access to automated tools and technologies, coupled with a robust data strategy to be able to intelligently parse through claims and clinical data, they will be in a good position to accurately predict member gaps and create strong member segmentation models. This will enable them to provide directives to providers on that next best action. Um, In the past, we had medical claims encoders parsing through the claims manually, but you're not going to be able to do that when you have 10 to 15 times the number of claims coming in. The human eye and human being can only do so much, which is why this year in 22 and next year in 23, CMS is going to enforce health plan reimbursement and risk score accuracy. And they're going to rely on health plans risk adjustment operations to leverage technology to identify these gaps and make sure they're following up with their providers appropriately. At the end of the day, health plans can't just keep adding bodies. They have to leverage tools and technologies to automate and work with CMS to get reimbursements and control member premiums. In the past, human beings could do it. But these post-COVID times are going to strain systems that aren't automated. It's essential for plans to leverage key technologies and tools, such as natural language processing for medical coding. It allows medical coders to pre-identify conditions more effectively and then route that intelligence to the providers through a sub-automated mechanism so the provider can confidently take the next best action. These are just some of the things that are going to be trending over the next few years. That's interesting. So looking back over the past few years with COVID, how did health plans navigate risk score accuracy in the absence of routine care and really the absence of data? Yeah, in the true COVID year, which was 2020, a lot of health plans couldn't accurately predict member health and gaps because the data just wasn't available. What a lot of health plans had to do was increase member premiums because they weren't getting reimbursed from CMS. Health plans can't look at historical data beyond the current and prior year. This impacted member premiums and star ratings for that year. It was a really tough time for health plans. The health plans that got through it kept close provider relationships and offered a lot of different incentives to providers to keep in touch with member health. Some strategies that worked were in-home member visits, and for the plans that were more tech-savvy, they amped up telehealth solutions and partnered with vendors for in-home assessments so they could make up for the lack of available data. We will start to see a more balanced shift in this year in 22 and next year in 23. So what strategies do you think plans are going to be using to reduce gap timeframes in the coming years? Yeah, great question. The first way to reduce the gap in chase timeframe is through natural language processing. In risk adjustment operations, prospective and retrospective gaps, everything comes from the claims and clinical data that is available. Explanation of benefits, explanation of payments for services that have already been rendered, which comes in the form of adjudicated claim services rendered and their associated HCC, which are hierarchical condition category, and associated chronic condition codes. All of this is essential. In health plan technology solutions, they'll run a gap and chase analytic engine that looks through all the claims and produces a chase list. The chase list says that for each member in the health plan's population, 
we are seeing X, Y, Z gaps. Um, the chase list then gets fed to the medical coders to confirm or deny those gaps by doing a medical record retrieval and associated charts which document and tie out the medical data which acknowledges that these gaps exist. But they can also identify other types of conditions or gaps that could arise if the member care is left unchecked. All of this is manual. If we want to reduce this time frame, we have to introduce technology and solutions like NLP and machine learning. NLP and machine learning has some key algorithms built in based on artificial intelligence data insights. For example, if we know that the member segment in the state of Florida has a high tendency for diabetes, after the GAPS engine is run and before the chase list is produced, machine learning will proactively identify GAPS based on algorithms that are set to review millions of lines of details in seconds, automatically finding the right specific chronic conditions and associated potential gaps in care for each member. Once this is run, the chase list is produced automatically and submitted for medical record retrieval for review and processing. These medical records and associated charts are run through the NLP engine to further identify and accurately link to the original claim line details, key indicators with pre-identified gaps that are both foundational and predictive to determine the next best action for this member. Then, the medical coders will go in and review and approve for downstream, extremely accurate and timely submissions to both the provider network via CDI alert and eventually CMS. This all occurs automatically as the gap is closed and confirmed by the provider. This closes the time frame for the entire end-to-end -end process for risk adjustment. Things that could take four to six weeks to identify can now be identified and completed within 24 to 48 hours, and the throughput of concurrent processing increases significantly. It's more timely and efficient. Rather than parsing through files, PDFs, and charts, it's one way to speed up the gap and chase process. The other way to speed this up is through electronic medical record retrieval. CMS requires the evidence of the gap identified before they issue payment. They need documentation that the health plan has correctly identified gaps based on current care and the prior year's care. Electronic medical record retrieval, EMR as they call it in the industry, is something that will be foundational in the next couple of years. Because today, in order for the medical record coder to attach evidence and proof, they have to sift through the claims data that the provider needs to follow up on. The evidence is the medical record. So the medical record has to be attached to the chart that the medical coder codes that says, this claim ties to these conditions and these are the gaps that the provider needs to follow up on. How do you get a medical record that resides in the hospital or the provider's office? Well, that's either via fax, handwritten notes, or actually it's in their system themselves. The way it used to work, or sometimes still works, is via a phone call where a field technician goes out to the provider office or hospital, and then they need to fax and make copies of the system records for these members to close gaps so the health plan can get reimbursed. Now there's an automated way to directly connect to the provider's electronic databases to grab the electronic medical record in a secure way in real time. This allows the gap to be closed in real time within 24 to 48 hours. So you have the gap identification in 24 to 48 hours, and then the electronic medical record, which is evidence for CMS, is produced within another 24 to 48 hours.
So what used to take weeks is now done in a couple of days. At the end of the month, CMS requires a submission of evidence to issue payment on a monthly basis for the health plans to get reimbursed. So the quicker you can do that, A, it benefits the member because they're getting the care they need quicker and more efficiently, which improves or maintains their health. And B, health plans are getting paid faster and member populations are being taken care of better and faster. You know, it's important to bring a human element back into the process. At the end of the day, what's more important for a health plan? In my opinion, the most important thing is the provider network, taking care of our members, and keeping member premiums competitive and affordable. Because in the Medicare Advantage space, you're dealing with seniors. They're retired, and they've worked really, really hard to get there. And they should not have to worry about high medical expenses and paying high member premiums to get the care they need. As you get older, you need more care. The fact of the matter is, keeping the member premiums affordable and ensuring the health plan gets reimbursed by CMS translates to making sure the senior population is taken care of. It's a win-win situation to speed up the gap and chase process from both the member health perspective and the health plan provider, hospital, and operational efficiency perspective. Abe, thanks so much for being here today. I've enjoyed talking to you, and I know our listeners have gained so much from what you've shared. Thanks for everyone joining in. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. If you like this episode, share it on LinkedIn with your colleagues. This program was brought to you by Advantasure. From health management, member engagement, billing and claims, to risk adjustment and quality, Advantasure has a full suite of services and technology solutions for government-sponsored health plans.